This is your coffee break. Hey friends, I'm back again this week with my friend Sandy Krebs, who I actually don't know super well, but I think I'm going to get to know her fairly well during today's talk, so I'm very excited about this. Sandy is a blogger and writer and all sorts of good things, and I'm actually going to turn things over to her and let her introduce herself to you. Well, thank you for having me, Sarah. Yep, my name is Sandy Krebs, and I write a blog called modernsimplicity.org, and I've been writing for a few years about simple living and how to kind of cut the chaos from family life and kind of testing out things in my own life and sharing with my readers what works. So you, you started a few years ago. I did. I started, let's see, I guess it was 2007. It was a little bit after my oldest son was born. And I started realizing that the crazy life that I was living just was not going to work with kids. So I was working a full-time job at the time. My husband was working. We had a little boy who was busy and I wanted to spend time with him. And I started noticing that a lot of my friends who were moms too had the same problem with having too many plates spinning in the air at the same time. So I wanted to look at different ways that you could simplify your life and also live more sustainably on the planet and more eco-conscious and figure out ways to do that in this crazy modern world that we live in. So you were working a full-time job. Uh, Did you sort of, at the beginning, did you integrate that with the writing? I did. For many years, I was a full-time graphic designer and art director, as well as working on my blog, like on my lunch breaks and at nighttime and things like that. It was one of those things I'd always wanted to be a writer, but I didn't know if I was cut out to do it professionally. So I kind of like started off as a hobby and did it in my free time and tried to find those little extra hidden moments where I could get my writing in while still taking care of my baby and taking care of my job and all of that kind of stuff. It wasn't until recently that it became my full-time endeavor. That sounds like I think what a lot of us deal with. You know, I I also work a full-time job and then I write over my lunch break. I get up super early. I stay up late writing. I know a little bit about your story, but I want to ask for our audience, what made you switch because you were, you were doing something creative. You were doing something creative as a full-time job. And you said, I'm not yes. a writer. And then all of a sudden, you were able to commit yourself to blogging and being a writer. Are you okay talking about that? I am. Okay. Actually, it's kind of funny because I switched careers because basically I got laid off from my job. I was downsized. I was an art director for a, a big magazine that was in our area. And they were moving all of their graphic design and stuff to a central location at their corporate headquarters. So I was downsized out of my job. But I was given enough notice that I knew it was coming. And so I had quite a bit of time to prepare. And I I really thought long and hard, okay, well, since I'm going to be entering this new stage of my life, what do I want to do? And I was like, you know what, I want to go for it. I want to be a writer. And so when the day finally came and I left my job, I already had my blog that I'd been working on for a few years. And I decided to go ahead and stay home with my kids. By then I had just had my second son. So I had two kids, little kids at home. And I was like, well, I'm going to just stay home and I'm going to, to make a go of it as a writer. I have a journalism degree, so it's not like I didn't know what I was doing, but it was just, I had never put myself out there in that capacity as anything other than a reporter. And so it was a different kind of switch from being a reporter to being, okay, this is Sandy and this is what I'm going to write about. And I'm going to share my life with people and see how I can be of help. 
I know that um, a lot of different types of writers listen to this show, and I'm curious about the switch from reporter to blogger, just what some of the differences are there. That actually, it took honestly a few years for me to get comfortable with that situation because I was trained as a reporter, so I was trained to keep myself out of the story, and everything was very objective, and I had to be able to quote my sources, and facts only, don't put yourself in there, don't put your opinions in there. That's actually how I started writing my blog originally, was kind of as a reporter in that mindset of, I'm going to teach you how to do something and try to keep myself out of it. And that doesn't really gel with readers. Like, it's really hard to make lasting connections to people when you're keeping yourself out of it. And I, I took a couple of online writing courses and different ways of building your audience and everything. And quite a few of the people that I chatted with were like, you know, this is great and you've got some good skills here, but where are you in all of this? I could read this on Wikipedia. I, I need you in this. And so it took a while to start actually putting some personal stories in there and, and like going ahead and giving my factual example of something and then trying to link it to something in my personal life and be like, okay, so here's an example of how this happens in real life. And the more I started doing that, the more connection I started getting with readers of people going, oh, okay, I get it because I did that. And then they were sharing their stories with me. So it actually, it took a while for me to get comfortable putting my life out there and being honest with, okay, I'm not perfect. I can't tell you how to do everything perfectly, but I'm just going to teach you what I know and tell you my stories and see if I can help you figure out what you're struggling with by telling you about what I'm struggling with. It's been a process and I'm still learning every day. Everything I write, I still have to look at it and go, is this Sandy talking or is this like a reporter trying to teach somebody or am I giving a lecture at a college university or what? So it's, it's a process, but it's been amazing how just putting that out there and being authentic with people and sharing even my failures has really connected with readers and made people want to connect and chat with me. Is that the number one way that you built your audience? Is that really what people connect with and yeah. are looking for? That's definitely it because I wrote for years being very objective and, and kind of stood back from my blog and I wasn't really gaining any traction. It was there and it was consistent, but it wasn't going anywhere. And it wasn't until I started putting myself into the equation and started being authentic with people. And saying, okay, I don't have all of my stuff together either, but I'm going to share with you what I know. And I want you to talk to me about what you know, and we'll figure it out together. And that's when I started getting the shares and the likes and the people coming by my blog and saying, oh, this is really cool. I feel like I know you. I can relate to you. And bringing their friends back too. So that's when my audience actually started to grow. So thinking about that leap that you made and knowing that you had some transition time between the graphic design and then the decision to write and blog full time, what did that period of time look like for you? I mean, did you come up with a detailed business plan? Did you like, I'm just so curious about how that worked for you. No, I was flying by the seat of my pants the whole time. It was one of those things that I knew I wanted to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to do it. I knew that I could make money writing by doing freelance writing, and which I still do today. I ghostwrite for a few sites. I also do um, write for a few sites where I do have a byline, but it was all, this is what we want you to write about. Okay, this is what I'm going to write about. So I knew I could make money that way. But then when it came to my own platform, there was a lot of me sitting in front of the computer and going, hmm, okay, what am I going to write about today? And does anybody care? And so it wasn't really 
honestly until the past couple of years that I actually got deliberate about having an editorial calendar and deciding what I'm going to write about and what themes and how I'm going to promote it instead of just writing something and slapping it on Facebook and then moving on to the next thing. The difference in the growth from when I was just kind of haphazardly slapping stuff on the internet, tweeting it whenever I thought about it versus actually building a plan. Okay, this week I'm going to write about this and I'm going to post it on this day and then actually making a commitment to go on and social media and share it and go on other blogs and guest post and things. The growth difference is different, massively, massively different because the haphazard stuff, people forget about you. And it isn't until you take your job intentionally and deliberately and go, okay, I'm here for you. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to put my best foot forward to make sure that I'm giving you good content that people start to care about. Okay, she cares about us. I want to see what she wrote this week. For the longest time, no, I, I, I had no plan. There was no business plan. There was nothing. I, I was just happy to have my own domain name at the time. And so... <laughs> Anybody who wants to do this, definitely planning is better and is much faster for success. I suppose so. But I also I also like that. And this is probably why you're such a good blogger. I love that you were willing to share that story right now. Like, no, I didn't have a plan. I was figuring no. it out as I went along. I love that. I, I see so many bloggers who are kind of in that same predicament every day where they're just like, okay, well, I'm just going to write this week. I don't know what I'm going to write about next week, but I don't understand why my blog traffic's not taking off. And that's when I have to say, okay, I know why your blog traffic's not taking off because I did it too. And I spent, you know, 10 years wondering why my blog wasn't taking off. And a lot of people aren't willing to wait that long. And so I think it is good to put it out there and just be able to say, you know what, I didn't do it right. And maybe if I had, it would have been bigger sooner. And so putting that out there is just kind of my way of helping other people who are, might be sitting there going, oh, an editorial calendar. I didn't think of that. Well, you know what? Neither did I for the longest time, which okay. is funny because I was an art director. I know this stuff, you know. I think some of that stuff we learn <laughs> in our jobs, like we don't apply to our own. I don't know. I feel like there's a disconnect there. Like I looked at my website one day and said, you know what? I need some content strategy on here. And I'm a professional <laughs> content strategist. And it's like, it just, there's a disconnect sometimes. I remember having a conversation with one of my friends who asked me about my logo and I didn't have one at the time. And I was like, a logo, that's a great idea. And she's like, are you kidding me? You've been a graphic designer for how many years and you didn't make a logo the first thing. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It just didn't occur to me. Why do we do that? That's so weird. And, and it's what I did for so many years as a job. So I don't, I don't know why we do that. I know I'm not the only one and it's nice to know that. It's yes, you are not alone. I am exactly the same way. What was it about the editorial calendar that really switched your blog up to an 11? It was the simple fact that I was putting some forethought into what my content was going to be and what themes I was going to be writing on. Because I went through so many years of just, oh my gosh, I haven't put anything on my blog. I'm going to sit down and just write something. What do I feel like writing about right now? And so I would write whatever came out of my head and I would post it in a panic because I hadn't put anything up there in weeks. And you could tell. I mean, it was obvious that I wasn't putting the effort and time into it. By switching to an editorial calendar, it was forcing me to think in advance, okay, what do I want to write about this month? What are my themes going to be? What is my audience looking for? Pop through my comments to see what questions people have been asking me, you know, check my emails and actually put some thought into, okay, next week I'm going to write about this and give me a few days to think about it before I sat down to write. 
So I wasn't just writing off the top of my head anymore. I was actually putting the effort into it, which made the quality of the post go up a lot. And so I think that was key in, in getting people to see that I cared about what they were telling me and that I was listening to their feedback and I was answering it as opposed to, oh my gosh, I need to just put something up there today. Anything, anything. Which I think is how a lot of us create our content. Like, I, Yeah, more of us than like to admit it, yeah. Like, man, it's I just in time publishing. Yes, it is. Exactly. Yes. So I'm curious, do you have a template that you'd recommend for bloggers, like editorial calendar wise? I don't actually use one. I bullet journal. Every month or so, I make a spread in my bullet journal where I just list out the days that I'm planning to post. And I usually post on Tuesdays and Fridays. And then I send a newsletter out on Saturday. So I'll just start a new page where it's Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. I don't make it into a big complicated thing because then I won't do it. If it's going to be complicated, I'm going to just skip over it or I'll put it off until the last minute. So I literally just write it out Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. And then, okay, Tuesday, I'm going to write about this. Like today uh, is a Tuesday and I had a guest post that somebody had sent me that was really awesome. So I posted that today and on Friday, I'm doing my own post that kind of follows up and goes with what that guest post was, kind of giving my own thoughts on the subject. And then next week we'll have a new theme. And so it just makes it so much simpler if I don't need to make it complicated, basically. I've seen so many beautiful templates and stuff online and on Pinterest of your blog planners and things like that. And I just could never get myself to do it. But a simple piece of paper in my bullet journal gets it done. Tell me a little bit more. I know this is a little off topic. Tell me a little bit more about <laughs> bullet journaling. I was a huge planner fanatic. I mean, ever since like high school, Franklin Covey girl, I've tried, you name it, I've probably tried it. And I wouldn't stick with anything. I, I did a few years of passion planner, which I loved a great deal too, but I would never really follow through with keeping my planner up to date until I saw one of my friend's bullet journals. And she just had this beautiful Mosca notebook and she had her little list in there. And I loved how she could make her layout anything she wanted it to be. There's a really great uh, video online that shows you the original creator of the bullet journal walking me through how to set one up. I watched that video and 10 minutes later, I had a notebook out and I was just starting. And I've been through several different kinds of layouts for my weekly stuff. I like to keep it very simple and low key. I don't have any of the fancy handwriting or anything that you see on Pinterest. I can't do any of that. It's been able to customize to me so that I can have my personal stuff, my work stuff, and then my blog stuff all on one simple layout. I can put anything I want in there and it fits in my purse. It's perfect. And so it's the first one I've really ever been able to keep up with. I've got pages that I can write my writing ideas. I've got my editorial calendar in there. I recommend it to anybody who has trouble with traditional planners and who can't quite figure out how to get planners going because bullet journals can do anything. You can make it whatever you want. I love it. Do you, do you have an article on your blog about bullet journaling? I'm actually writing one because I just set up my 2017 bullet journal. And so I am writing one about how my bullet journal in particular works and how I learned how to do it. And yes, I will be posting that actually in the next week. I've got a beautiful purple one this year and I was so excited to set it up and I've got different little pens I use and anything to make it more fun and to make sure that I actually want to look at it, you know, because yes. you're not going to get anything done if you don't actually look at your planner. 
This is very true. I know this so well because I, I'm one of those people with stacks and stacks. I have this one special one that has all these grids that you fill out and it's so complicated. I never want to use it. So I exactly. just totally identify with that. That's how I was. I had all these beautiful ones that had, you know, all these places where I could put my goals and aspirations and grid things and mark things. And I just never did it. And I am all about finding ways to simplify life and make things easier because if it's complicated, I'm not going to do it. That's one of those many things that I've tried many other things and I'm finally just telling my readers, okay, you know, I love planners. You know, I can't manage a planner to save my life. Hey, here's one I can actually take care of. You do freelance writing, ghostwriting, uh, sort of on the side of blogging. If someone is interested in entering that world, what do they do? You know, I got lucky with some good connections, but I did start off on some of the sites. Like I actually write for workathomemom.com, which is W-A-H-M.com. And I got that just by applying for the job and saying, hey, I work from home. I'm a mom. I can do this. And that gives me a byline that I could write on. And then I would talk to somebody else. Like I was writing for a, a juicing magazine for a while and I sent them my blog and I sent them my other, you know, credentials and said, Hey, I juice, I can help you out with that. Would you like to see some samples of my writing? And then I started getting monthly articles for them. And so it kind of started off as a little snowball effect of, I wrote for my blog first and I sent that to a site and said, Hey, I can help you with that because that is what I do and showed them samples of my work and they took me on and then I approached another one and I took my blog and my new samples that I just got from my new client and started the next one. And then I also do have a couple of clients that I'm a ghostwriter for. So my byline's not on any of that and it's all stuff that in a million years you wouldn't think of me writing because it's, <laughs> you know, it's all stuff that's really outside of my genre, but I learn really fast and I can, you know, research really well. And so I was able to write those things. And that's good because it's awesome to be able to write what you want to write and what your heart wants to write. But it's also incredibly great to be able to just write stuff just to earn some money. One of the things I've seen a lot of writers do is they don't want to take those jobs where they're having to write about air conditioning units and how to fix a water heater because they're like, well, I don't know how to do that stuff. And it's not what I want to write about. But you know, I actually still write about that stuff because it pays the bills and it's pretty easy to learn how to write that stuff. And so, you know, you find those jobs just by putting it out there that, hey, I'm a good researcher. I can learn the style that you want me to write in and I'm willing to do it. And a lot of people just aren't willing to do it. It's a good thing to just try out because if nothing else, it's a good way to make money on the side. It really is. I, I do the same thing. And the reason I ask that question is because I don't have good advice for people who ask me that question. Because I feel like <laughs> I also got lucky with my connections. I got yeah. ghostwriting and freelance writing jobs just from people who are in my network. So thank you for sharing that. That is really, really helpful. And also, hey, writers, it's also important to build your network because I mean, as, yes. as, as it, it yes. is a little bit of who you know. I mean, and I and thankfully over the past few years, I've started to know a lot more people who give me more opportunities. But as much as it's who you know, it's also what you're willing to write and how much work you're willing to put into it. Because if you're not willing to put forth the effort and provide quality content, they're not going to ask you to write for them again. And part of being a writer is really making sure you're getting income from multiple streams of places. I wouldn't be able to do it if I only made money off my blog or only made money off my books or only made money off of speaking or whatever. You kind of have to have a mishmash 
of different things that you're doing so that it all evens out in the end. So if that means writing on my blog, writing a new book and writing about how to fix a water heater, then, you know, that's what keeps me home living the good life and getting to see my kids. So yeah. I'm down with it. Yeah. And I, that what a great point too. I, I know that there's this, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to use the word pervasive image, but there's this image of having one job and one source of income for your entire life. You know, my dad uh, is a minister. That's all he's ever done. We've only ever had that one income growing up. And now I'm looking at my own portfolio of work, maybe if I can call it that. And it's like, yeah, you need multiple things coming in. And so I think that a lot of writers just imagine themselves like Jane Austen style, writing books and then having that be just their single stream of income when I don't think that's really super realistic. No, I maybe it used to be, but it's certainly not anymore. Not unless you're like the big name Stephen King and then you get that, you know, six figure advance for writing your book. The rest of us are having to kind of cobble it together. But it's also a good thing because that means if something isn't working this month, I'm not really that concerned about it because like if my book isn't selling as well this month, that's okay. I can go pick up a couple other ghostwriting jobs for the month and it's fine. Or if I'm having a busy month where I have a new book launch going on or something like that, I don't have to take as many of the freelance jobs because I'm busy with something else, but they'll still be there when I get back. So it's nice having the flexibility that multiple streams gives you. There are a lot of misconceptions about what it is to be a writer. And a lot of people really do think it is just sitting there and you're getting all your money from your blog or all your money writing books. And that's just not the way it works these days at all. Are there any other, I guess now that you've been doing this for a while, are there any other sort of misconceptions that you realized were misconceptions that you had had about being a writer? I think the biggest one, and part of it was my own experience, but then part of it was talking to other writers, was that you really do kind of look around and think people just made it. Like they didn't spend all of those years working on it and working and wondering if their work was any good. Most of the writers I know wrote for years before anybody ever looked at anything they've done. I have writers that I know that are on bestseller lists who still worry when their books come out, if anybody's going to like it, who still get nervous when they push post on a, on a new blog post. The rest of us are sitting here thinking, well, that's just me. Maybe I'm just not a good enough writer. You know, maybe my book is different because I wrote it. So nobody's going to read it. But all writers think like that. So I know a very successful writer that I work with who has literally a million people visiting his blog every day, but he had seven blogs before that that didn't work. And so just because what you're working on right now isn't quite doing it doesn't mean that you should give up because even the most famous writers got rejected a few times. They had to struggle to get the audience to come view their blogs. They had to go to a few different publishers to get that contract, whatever it is. And they still worry every time they hit publish about whether they've already had their last big break. We all think like that, but we don't talk about it enough. So we don't understand that we all think like that. Yes. So I'm, I'm always talking to writers who are just like, you're doing so well and it must be so awesome. And I'm like, I'm sitting at my computer every day going, why am I doing this? Am I even good at this? Does anybody actually read this stuff? And I know that everybody does. I mean, all the other writers think exactly the same way. 
that's not how I thought it was until I started talking to some bigger time writers who are much, much further along their journey than I am, who are just like, I still worry every single time. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if there's any writers that don't worry. I'm sure that there's not. We invest so much of ourselves into what we're creating, you know, yeah. that you can probably never really let that go. Yeah, and it's and it's always so disconcerting at first when you put something out there because you're the only one that's ready. You've been mulling it over. You've been working on it in your own brain. And then suddenly you have to put it out there and you're like, oh my gosh, what if everybody thinks I'm stupid <laughs> for writing that? What if they read this and go, what is wrong with you? Are you mental? And you're just like... No, we all think like that because we all put so much of ourselves into our work. And so I always thought that was just me being insecure. But it turns out that most writers actually think like that. And that makes me feel better. It makes you a writer. It makes you human. Yeah, exactly. And so the ones who are just like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. I'm just like, we all think like that. But you keep doing it anyway. And one day it actually works. And And that's when it gets exciting. Right. And somebody maybe sees you now, you know, and they're very jealous of where you are. They don't know that you've been blogging for, you know, since 2007. You could never tell how many other blogs they've written before they got the one that actually worked and how many books are sitting unpublished over in a pile on their desk. You know, you never know. I'm also curious. I want to say you've published books. I have. I, I have. I've published three so far, actually. My big one came out last January, so it's been out almost a full year. It's called Mommy Simplicity, Finding Calm in the Chaos. And that one was the first one I had in print. And so it was it was very special to me because I still remember the day that the books came and I got to open the box. And we actually, we took a video with my kids standing right there while I opened the box. And, you know, it was so exciting holding something that I made myself. That was thrilling. And I have another one called Simply Christmas, which just came out in print this year, but it was actually an ebook for a couple of years before that. The very first book that I ever wrote was called Fresh Start. It was a 31 day plan to simplify your home. And it was actually written first as a blog series that I did where I had challenged myself to write for 31 days straight on my blog. And when I finished it, one of my writer friends said, you know, you just wrote a book, right? Go back and look at that thing because you just wrote a book. You need to go ahead and structure it and put it on Amazon. And when I looked at it, I realized she was right. I wrote a book and didn't even know it. (laughs) And so that was actually my first one that I published was um, one that I didn't even realize I'd written. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm starting my fourth book this year, and I'm really excited to see how that goes. Each one is like a whole separate little project that you're just like, wow, can I do this again? I think I can do this again. With that, how do you balance writing a book amongst all of your normal sort of blogging duties? How do you fit that in? Do you do it in sprints? Do you do it all in one sitting? Like, how do you how do you make that happen? I do it mostly in sprints. I've kind of set out my weekly schedule so that I write different things on different days. Hmm. So I'll have two days a week that I write for my blog, and then I'll have a day or two a week that I'm writing freelance stuff or a guest post or anything like that. And then I'll have a day or two per week that I'm just working on the book and that's it. And then, of course, if inspiration strikes any other time, I will take advantage when I can get it and sit down and write. And I'm also a big fan of dictating into my phone. Mm. Whenever I think of anything, it happens a lot when I'm driving. And it's nice to be able to just push a button and start talking. 
and then I could email it to myself and slap it into Scrivener and work on it from there. I, I try to keep to my schedule, but at the same time, whenever inspiration hits, I always make a run for it and grab it while I can. <laughs> That's good advice. So I heard a few different tools that you mentioned. You mentioned sort of a uh, your phone, I'm assuming, that you dictate into, and then Scrivener, which yeah. I've heard other writers mention. Are there any other tools that you love or that are indispensable to you? Those are actually my two big things. I use my phone a lot to dictate. And I just use the simple iOS voice app that comes with it where you can just tar- open a note and hit the little microphone button and start talking and it'll transcribe it right there while you're talking. I love that thing. And then I just email it to myself. And then I use Scrivener for Windows and I recently got it for my iPad as well. I even write my blog posts in Scrivener because I like it that much. It's just such a great way to organize things into notebooks and have different little tabs for the different projects you're working on. And then I create a whole new notebook when I'm writing a book. It keeps everything just nice and organized the way I like it. I never had much luck writing in Word or just a regular processor. So Scrivener was kind of a lifesaver for me. Hmm. I bought a copy of Scrivener, I want to say years ago, and like opened it up and got terrified and closed it again. So maybe I'll have to take another look at using that. I did use some of the tutorials that came with it. They have some great little videos that kind of kind of walk you through how to set them up. And once I started playing with it and realized it really is just kind of like writing in a binder where you have different tabs of what your different chapters are and things like that, it actually became very intuitive for me to write in it. I like it so much that I have a whole separate notebook that's just my blog and my freelance writing and my different clients all have their own little tab and it works out really well. I'm going to have to try this out again, aren't I? Yes, Yes, I highly recommend it. (laughs) Cool. Oh, that's awesome. I'm curious, what is your favorite part about blogging? My favorite part is the people that I meet when I'm writing. So I have met so many interesting people, all because of something I've written on my blog, whether they visited my blog and found me somehow, or saw something that got shared across Facebook or a pin on Pinterest or whatever, or just chatting with people on Twitter. I have met so many people because of that blog that I never in a million years would have met. And I find it fascinating. And the parts that I love the most are that I can write about something or share one of my experiences, including experiences that I would normally be embarrassed to tell my best friend. And I will have 50 emails the next day with people going, oh my gosh, the same thing happened to me. It's incredible. I can so relate to what you're talking about, you know, and then they'll tell me their story. And I love that. I love that because that's not something that happens to you normally. I mean, you don't just run into the store and make a random comment and people, you know, start sharing themselves with you. Unless you're in a musical and that's totally different because <laughs> I can't sing. So that would, be, that would be bad. But just having that ability to, to write something on the internet and share it around a little bit and then come together with all of these women who are like, I can so relate to that. Let me tell you my story. And I love hearing other people's stories. It's so rewarding to be able to throw something out there and get so much back in return. It's been so interesting. It was one of those... Maybe it was unexpected for you, too, in blogging. It's been unexpected for me in podcasting. I just felt such a kinship with you and you said that because I was like, that is also my favorite thing about podcasting is just being able to meet people like you and just have a conversation about something we love. It's just, it's magic. 
It is. It's totally magical. And it never happens to me just in my real life, no. you know, but on my wonderful internet life where I can share my stories and have other people share their stories with me. It's especially because I'm a massive introvert. So being able to connect with people like that is a big deal for me. I will not just go to a party and start talking to people. So the, the, <laughs> You know, my blog is my own little party where I can talk to anybody and I'll talk back and it's great. I absolutely so. love that. Yes. What a perfect way to say that. I can tell you're such a good writer just because you're so good <laughs> at explaining things. Oh, this is this is so lovely. I have just can I ask you just one more question? Sure. Do you have um, a mentor in your writing life? who has maybe, yes, okay, good. Yay, tell me about it. I do. I've actually been working with Jeff Goins from oh. Goins Writer. He has a, a really awesome program called Tribe Writers. And I started off as a tribe writer four years ago, I guess. It was 2012. As a tribe writer, I'd never met him before anything. And I signed up to join his class about building a platform and basically learning how to do all this. And this was shortly after I'd been laid off. So I was still trying to find my way and how I was going to make this blog thing work for me so that I could stay home with my kids. And I took his class and I learned a lot and I met so many great people. And I basically started following Jeff around like a puppy. <laughs> and I've taken his other classes and I went to a meetup and I, I went to a conference that he hosted and everything. And actually last spring, I got the chance to start actually working with him in his company. And so now I work with him and I do a lot of his customer service, answering emails and stuff. I'm helping other writers learn how to write and how to build their platform. And in the process of all this, Jeff is my mentor when it comes to my platform and my writing. So we talk regularly about what I'm doing and what I'm working on and what his advice is for me for my next step and, and things like that. So what started off is just a, hey, I'm going to join this guy's class. I've never heard of him, but this looks pretty cool. So I'm going to try it has actually become like a game changer for me. Now I actually work with him. I'm a huge part of the Tribe Writers program. I'm always in there helping other writers. And I still, I, I mean, I've taken the class myself like three times at this point <laughs> because I believe in it so much. And now I get to talk to Jeff Daly. And that's been amazing for me. Like we were talking before, it, it is who you know, but it's one of those wonderful opportunities that just hit me a few years ago to to learn from him. And then I just kept up with it and kept putting myself out there so that he would know who I was. And eventually it led to a job, which led to getting to talk to my mentor every day. That's amazing. I'm so glad yeah. that you I'm so glad that you did that. I'm so glad it worked out for you. That's like a dream come true for so many writers. That's yeah, awesome. it, really, it really was. And it was just a, a lucky thing. And he saw that I was willing to put the work in. I wanted to also one of his big tenets is help people relentlessly. And that's something he teaches. And that really struck me when the very first time he ever said it. And so that's been my big goal, too, is to help people relentlessly, whether it is through modern simplicity in my own writing or whether it's working for him and tribe writers or, right. or doing podcasts <laughs> or interviews or anything like that. I love doing it. It's, oh. it's so much fun. Any final parting words of advice for our listeners today? I think no matter what stage you are as a writer, the most important thing I could say is just do it and do it fearlessly. Think about how you can help others and what part of your story you can share that can help other people and just go for it. Because I've heard so many writers say that, you know, what did they have to say that's different? You know, it's all been said before, but it hasn't been said by you and it hasn't been said with your story. And so don't be afraid. Just just do it. 
put the fear aside and be authentic, be yourself and just throw it out there. See who you can help. Sandy, I've enjoyed talking with you so much. This has just been such a delight. Thank you for agreeing to be on my show. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Oh, I'm so glad. Loved it.